Good morning. How are we doing today? Great. Uh, my name is Blake Comer, and I'm the student pastor here. And I'm uh, so glad to be up here sharing um, what God has laid on my heart uh, with you. We're uh, in a series called Straight Talk. And, and no, I know that you're wondering, this has nothing to do with the Dolly Parton film that happened in like the 80s or the 90s. It was nothing to do with that. Straight Talk is, uh, we're, we're doing a series, walking through the book of James. We, we believe that, that many times as you read the Bible, you might need to read it with, um, with like a, a commentary or, or with Google right beside you so that you can be like, what in the world does this verse mean? Uh, but, the, but the book of James is fairly straightforward. And, and as we've gone through it, um, as you've read it in, in your life groups and stuff, I think that, 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 that you've seen that, that this book... Um, that, that James is a straight shooter. And so today, we continue in that, and um, we're going to be reading out of James chapter 3, so if you have your Bibles, you can turn to James 3. We're going to read the first 12 verses in, in, in that. It will be on the screen if you don't have your Bible. Just so you know, I read out of the ESV, and so if you need to see and hear the same thing, just look at the screen, all right? So um, let, let's read in James 3, the first 12 verses here. Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, for you know that We who teach will be judged with greater strictness, for we all stumble in many ways, and if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle his whole body. If we put bits in the mouths of horses so so they will uh, obey us, we guide their whole bodies as well. Look at the ships also. Though they are so large, they are driven by strong winds, and they are guided by a very small rudder, wherever the will of the pilot directs. So also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. How great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire. And the tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our members, staining the whole body, setting on fire the entire course of life, and set on fire by hell. For every kind of beast and bird um, of reptile and sea creature can be tamed and has been tamed by mankind. But no human being contain the tongue it is restless evil full of deadly poison with it we bless our lord and father and with it we curse the people who are made in the likeness of god from the same mouth come blessing and cursing my brothers these things ought not to be so does a spring pour forth from the same opening both fresh and salt water can a fig tree my brothers bear olives or grapevines produce figs Neither can a salt pond yield fresh water. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much that we can be here this morning, that we can be here gathered together, and that we can open your word and, and read it freely. Lord, I, this morning I ask that you would speak to our hearts and that, um, that we would hear from you. God, I, I thank you, and I pray this in your name. Amen. So if you're looking at your Bible, then you'll notice probably that the, uh, that the, that the title of this section of Scripture is Taming the Tongue, alright? It, it's kind of funny to me that, that we have to tame something as small and seemingly insignificant as our tongue. I mean, what does it, what does it do physically? It, it helps us to form words so that we can speak. It, it, it helps us, uh, it gives us our sense of taste. Um, it moves food around in our mouth so that we can chew properly, and little kids... It's how they say, I don't like you, mm, right? They stick their tongue out at you. Like, uh, biblically speaking, the Bible talks about tongues in, in several different ways. Uh, 
that, that uh, tongues could be a, a language or a dialect. Tongues, um, in the New Testament, talks about speaking in tongues. It's speaking in really a language that people, that we just don't understand, but God understands. Uh, it, it talks about, in, in Acts chapter 2, how divided tongues of fire came down from heaven and rested on the apostles. And that would be scary, fire coming down and, and, and falling on you. But, but what we know and what we learn from that is that, that the apostles were then filled with the Holy Spirit to go out and do great things. But my favorite reference to tongues in the entire Bible is from the Song of Solomon, where Solomon talks about under his lover's tongue is uh, milk and honey. And you know how we got that honey and milk. Um, if we think, that, we think that the French invented that kind of kissing, but no, 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 Solomon. Solomon. Thank you, Solomon, right? <laughs> right? Uh. But according to James, he says that he says the tongue is like a, a bit that you put in the horse's mouth that, that, that you, you guide the horse by just putting this small thing in, in, in the horse's mouth. It, the tongue is like a rudder, something so small in comparison to... Uh, in, in comparison to the rest of the ship, but it guides the ship. It, it's what makes the ship turn left and right. The tongue, it, it, it's the one match that Smokey the Bear is complaining about, like only you can prevent forest fires. The tongue is, the, is that one match that, that, that sets the, the entire forest ablaze. Like, uh, it, it's funny to me that, that, that we're supposed to, to tame the tongue, but James says here that, that no man can tame the tongue. No, nobody can do it. Now, we don't, I would say that we don't really believe that. Because I think that there are a lot of us here who think, oh, well, you know what, I, I've got my tongue pretty tame. Like, I hadn't cussed anybody out today. My tongue is, is tamed. And, and, you know, I believe for the longest time that, that, that I, had, I had tamed my tongue. See, whenever I was in elementary school, um, I went to public school and I rode the bus. And, and while riding the bus, I learned some uh, vocabulary words, Right? The vocabulary words that they didn't teach at school and they didn't teach at church and they most certainly didn't teach at home, right? Those vocabulary words, I'm talking about profanity, cuss words. I learned those uh, on the bus and, and, and those words quickly became a part of my vernacular. Now that is a vocabulary word that I learned in school, vernacular, all right, everyday language. All right, I, I, they, they quickly became a part of my everyday speech and, and I, I would cuss all the time because I thought that it made me... I thought that people looked at me and thought that I was cooler than I actually was, right? I, I thought that, that it was making me cool. See, the boots actually are what makes me cool. Like, I know that y'all are looking at those, right? See, I, I felt like people looked at me and thought that I was cool, thought that I was bad, thought that I was tough or something. But, but in, as much as I cussed, I mean, because I'm, t- I'm telling you, I had a filthy mouth. Um, as, as, as much profanity and bad language as I use. Ask me, Blake. Blake, how many times did you ever cuss in front of your parents? Zero. Never. I never once uh, let my parents hear me say anything, uh, any kind of profanity. I never had my pastor, my youth pastor, my Sunday school teacher hear me cuss. I never had uh, a teacher or, or anybody who... Um, who might would be upset that I was cussing? I, I had, I, I, I thought that I had control over my tongue. I thought that I had control over what, um, what I was saying. 
Because, and, and, and I think that, that that's how we feel a lot of times. We put these filters in place where maybe you don't cuss in front of your wife or in front of your kids, but if you're around your buddies at work, you know, it's different. Like, uh, we, we, uh, we, we put these filters in, our, in, in place, and, and we think that, that we've tamed the tongue. See, James talks about, hey, you can tame any kind of animal. You can tame any kind of beast of the field or bird or reptile. And, and like, we can. You, you, can, you can train your dog. Like, you can work hard. Train your dog to sit, to speak, to roll over, to play dead, to do all kind of things. You can train a parrot to speak, to tell jokes, or to whistle a theme song. Right? Or, or like Shamu. They, they, they train an orca, a Shamu, to jump up and splash the crowd, to jump through hoops. I don't know. I've never been to SeaWorld. But, the, but they train the, the, we can train animals to do all kinds of things. But no matter how good you think you have your dog trained, they still find a way to pee on the carpet. Right? Just the other day, in fact. <laughs> Just the... And I kid you not, I had already had all this stuff written out and planned. And I was driving my dog to get her groomed. And, uh, and I, was, I was eating a biscuit, and my dog was sitting in my lap, and, and just, you know, she's, her hair was way too long, and her nails needed to be trimmed, and she stunk. And, and so I'm sitting here eating my biscuit, trying to drive, because I've got a little smaller. And, and as I look down, I think, oh, I dropped some biscuit. Oh, no, my dog pooped in my lap. <laughs> right? Like, my dog knows. She knows that that's bad. Like, if she poops in the house, we say, bad. And she immediately ears back, tail under, tail under her legs, and like, under the couch. She knows that that's bad. She knows that I will uh, spank that butt for that. Um, she, she pooped in my lap. Like, no matter how good you think you have your dog trained, like, my dog goes outside, and she does her business outside. But, it, but she pooped in my lap. Like, we, we think, uh, we train a parrot to, to, to sing a song or to tell, and that's cute for like eight seconds, and then it's annoying for the rest of eternity, right? And Shamu is an orca, which is a really nice way of saying killer whale, and they kill people. Like, every year, a trainer dies trying to train one of these animals. Point is, like, these are wild, like, these are animals. Like, we think that we have them trained, but in the end, they're animals. Like, the, 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 the man and his wife who went out into the wild to live with bears, Right? And have you heard about these people? They, they thought, yeah, it's going to be a good idea to go out and, these, and live with the bears. And they, and they did for a while. And they ate with the bears. And they slept with the bears. And they played with the bears. And they, they lived with the bears. And then one day the bears realized, hey, we're bears. And they killed the people, right? Like, they're wild animals. And that's what our tongue is. Our tongue is a wild animal. It's a wild card. And, and, and we can think that we have it under control. We can think that we have it tamed. But I, I'm here to tell you that I don't think that we do. Because James says pretty clearly that no man can tame the tongue. Uh, I think the problem with our tongues is that our tongues are connected to our hearts. And, and I don't mean physically or literally speaking. I would be a moron if I believed that. But like our tongues are connected uh, to our hearts. If you flip back uh, just one page to James chapter 1 and read verse 14. It says, but each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. All right? We're tempted by our own desires. And, our, and, and in the NIV there, it, it says uh, our own evil desires. Like, we say the things that we say. We, 
the, the things that come out of our mouth come out of our mouth because that's what's in our heart. Like, whenever it comes down to it, on our best day, we're still evil. I mean, we're, we're still tempted by the evil desire that's within us. On our best day, we're evil. Now, we don't like to think about ourselves as being evil. Evil is Al-Qaeda. Evil is terrorist. Evil is murderers and rapists and, and sociopaths. And, and even like, maybe not like the people who are doing those, those crazy things, but, but they're the people who say, God's not real. Uh, and I, I, they, they just, their, their life's work is, is to work against us as Christians. Those people are evil. But I think that the Bible is pretty clear that, that, that we're evil. I mean, that, that it's within us. And so let, let's, talk, let's talk real life for a second. Real life, practical, like taming the tongue. Um, what does a tamed tongue look like? And, and just the most simplistic way that I can put it is a tamed tongue is, is, is one that, that, that uh, honors and glorifies God all the time. It doesn't mean that, that 24 hours a day that you have to talk about church or the Bible or God. Not that that would be a bad thing. But whether you're talking to your coworkers or your family or your friends or your dog, that, that what's coming out of your mouth is, is glorifying and honoring God. No. What does an untamed tongue look like? Just some examples. An untamed tongue brags. It, it, James talks about the tongue makes great boasts. The untamed tongue brags like, like uh, talking about yourself a whole lot and all the things that you've done, all the things that, that you're able to do. I knew a guy in college, he was real good at, 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 at bragging. <laughs> it didn't matter like what story you told him. He had one just a little bit better. I went out the other day and caught 30 fish, which is not me. I don't fish. But like, if you went out and said, I caught 30 fish the other day, he would say, oh yeah, I went out the other day and I caught 31. And I mean, it didn't matter what story you told. He had one just a little bit bigger. I got a pile of crap this big. He said, I have one that big. I mean, it's just, he's, <laughs> sorry, I need to watch my mouth. I need to tame the tongue, right? That's what we're talking about this morning. Right, uh, an untamed tongue brags. An untamed tongue tells those dirty jokes but Blake those are the funny ones doesn't matter does it bring honor and glory to God are you you telling sexually explicit jokes are you telling those jokes that are racist or borderline racist or just mean and hurtful like is that is that what's coming out of your mouth the untamed tongue gossips and I think that, that, uh, that in the church, it's almost like we've decriminalized gossiping. We, we've, it's become so normal and so commonplace. Like it's how we tell prayer requests. So I need to tell them about the terrible thing that that person's going through. Like we, we just think that it's no big deal to just talk about whoever. And we use the excuse of either I'm sharing a prayer request or we use the excuse of, oh, well, I'd say it to their face, so it's not a big deal. But it absolutely is a big deal. The Bible says that it's gossip, and that's sin. And the untamed tongue gossips. I mean, like, why do we, why do we talk about... <laughs> when we start talking about other people, we normally we aren't saying the good things about that person, right? We're talking about the bad things. The untamed tongue lies. 
as, as Christians, as believers, we should be telling the truth. Right? I mean, it's, that, 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 that's simple. The untamed tongue lashes out and says hurtful things to people and about people. Just a little side note, we're in an election year, and, and, I don't, and, and maybe I'm naive to think this, but, but it seems as if maybe Democrats and Republicans have always hated each other as much as they seem to right now, and maybe it's just because of Facebook and Twitter have just made it so, it's just out there so, so casually, the, the venom and the hatred towards each other. But, but this election year, um, just people are, are constantly talking trash about a candidate, about a party, about... And look, Christians, all right? Christians in the room, let me just say this to you. Be political, all right? If you want to be political, be political. If you want to be informed, be informed. If you want to be passionate about that, be passionate about that. But tearing down the other candidate, tearing down the other, the other party is just not what we've been called to do. I would encourage you to read First Timothy chapter 2. When, when, when you go home, just read First Timothy chapter 2. If you're somebody who, who, who's big into politics, just read that. And I'm going to ruin it for you. I'm going to go ahead and tell you what it's about. Pray for the candidates. <laughs> Pray for them. Sorry. That's side note, neither here nor there. Um, James says that the tongue is, is a fire. Says that it's a world of unrighteousness. Says that it's full of evil and full of poison. And that evil... That poison comes from within us. Why do, we, why do we brag? Well, because it makes us feel good about ourselves. Why do we gossip? Why do we say, why do we talk about how, how fat and ugly she is? Well, because it makes us feel not so fat and ugly. Or why do we talk about how uh, that person is into, oh, well, they're doing drugs and they're drunk all the time. Well, because that makes us feel good about our little sins. Like we tear people down, we lash out against them because that makes us feel better. We push them down so that we can elevate ourselves, stand on their heads if we have to. We do it because deep down that's what we want to do. That makes us feel good. Because the sin in our lives comes from the evil that's within our hearts. James says that that, that figs uh, don't grow on olive trees. And, uh, and, and Jesus says something similar in, in Matthew. He says that, that, uh, that you, can't gra- you can't gather figs from a, from a thorn bush. But uh, in verse 34, Jesus is speaking to uh, a group of Pharisees. He says, you brood of vipers. How can you speak good when you are evil? Like these are the religious people. He's calling them evil. Right? Just a reminder that, that we, we're evil too. All right. How can you speak good when you are evil? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Jesus says that out of the abundance or out of the overflow, whatever there's the most of in your heart is what's going to come out of your mouth. So what are you filling your heart with? What do you fill your life with? Are you filling it with things of the world? Sinful things, watching whatever you want or hearing whatever the the, the world has to offer? Are you filling it with the Word of God? Are you filling it with, with by, by spending time with Jesus? Like, what, what are you filling your heart with? Because that's going to determine what comes out of your mouth. Like, what does your mouth say? What do people hear? 
James, uh, back to James for just a second. Chapter 1, um, Donnie, a couple weeks ago, uh, read over this, and, and I just wanted to, to hit this really quickly. James one twenty six. If anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his heart, this person's religion is, is worthless. What we say matters. The things that come out of our mouth, that matters. We can't be living two ways here and saying one thing or pretending to live one way and then saying other things. What we say matters. Our tongues, they, they, they need to be tamed. So that's going to that's gonna sound very contradictory to what I'm going to tell you right now, okay? So... Our tongues need to be tamed. But this morning, I want to encourage you to stop trying to tame your tongue. Stop trying to tame the tongue. Because let's, let's be honest, all right? Um, James, uh, th- this is God's Word, right? And, and God's Word is true. And, and James, whenever he wrote this, he wasn't confused he wasn't just kidding. He wasn't playing around. He was serious. James says in, in, in James 3.8, but no human being can tame the tongue. Like, we can't. As hard as you may try, the best you can do is teach it to, to jump through some hoops. The best you can do is, is maybe uh, control it in, in one setting. Like, like, like you would never say these things in front of your, your kids. But yet, whenever you're around these people, you would never use profanity. But yet, you gossip. Or you're a liar. Or you tell these jokes that are, that if your mother heard them, she would be appalled. Right? Like, like the best that we can do is maybe teach it to do some tricks. No man can tame the tongue. And so this morning, I want to encourage you, stop trying to tame the tongue and allow Jesus to purify your hearts. Cliff touched on it last week. Um, quickly becoming one of my favorite verses in, in, in the entire Bible, in, in the New Testament. Titus chapter 2, uh, verse 14. And this is talking about Jesus. Jesus who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people for his own possession who are zealous for good works. All right, Jesus gave himself up for us, died for us to redeem us from all lawlessness, to pardon us from our sin. But Jesus also died to purify for himself his people. Okay? We love the idea that Jesus died to forgive us, right? Like, we can get on board with that. Oh, forgiveness of sins, that's awesome. But Jesus also died to purify us. And I think that that, that this is kind of a little bit tougher for us. Because where do our evil desires come? From our own heart. It's the things that we want to do. For G, in order to Jesus to purify your heart, he has to take out the things that you love. These sins that, that, that you love. 
And look, I'm here to tell you, Jesus is both pardoner of sin and purifier of our hearts. He's not either or. He is never just one and not the other. He is both. If you reject Jesus as the purifier of your heart, then you don't have him as the pardoner of your sin. Both take place. Only when Jesus, as, as we grow toward Christ, only as we uh, fall more and more in love with Him, only as He purifies our heart will the things that come out of our mouths ever be good. Matthew twelve thirty four. out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Only as we fill our lives more and more with Jesus will that come out. So this morning, once again, I just, it, it almost sounds crazy to say, like, what did your pastor talk about? Well, he said, stop trying to tame the tongue. But let's stop trying to put up filters. Let's stop trying to put up roadblocks. Let's stop trying to train our tongues to act, to act right in front of people. And let's let Jesus purify our lives. Let's focus on Jesus purifying us cleansing us, rooting out the evil, rooting out the sin so that we can be more like Him. Let's pray. God, I thank You so much for Your Word and for how good You are to us. God, thank You for Your grace that You forgive us. God, it's... It's so true that that our tongue does cause so much problems, so many problems in our lives. It gets us into trouble, and Lord, so many times it's our def- it, it's just our default to, to 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 try to cover cover our tracks or cover our own butts that, that we will that we'll lie or we will um, say whatever we whatever we can in order to to just cover our tracks. And God, I just asked it that you would help us to realize that, that you want to take that from us. You want to purify our hearts. And so Lord, this morning, I pray that, I pray that, 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 that would be our, our, our desire and our, and our passion as we leave here. God, I thank you so much for all that you do for us. And Lord, I pray this all in your name. Amen.